Good morning. Welcome to today's reading of the uh, 24-hour for the week. For this week, we're opening up a brand new week. Let us, let us pray that God will bless it. Let's pray the uh, serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. All right, our first reading for today is the Daily Reflection of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says October 18, an open mind, true humility and an open mind leads us to faith. Isn't that interesting? 12 and 12 Traditions, page 33. True humility and an open mind leads us to faith. My alcoholic thinking led me to believe that I could control could control my drinking, but I couldn't. When I came to AA, I realized that God was speaking to me through my group. My mind was open just enough to know that I needed His help. A real, honest acceptance of AA took more time, but with it came humility. I know how insane I was, and I am extremely grateful to have my sanity restored to me and to a sober alcoholic, and to be a sober alcoholic. The new sober me is as much better person than I could ever have been without AA. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reading. Exceptional, isn't it? Yep, that's what happened to me. And our next reading is a little 24-hour book. It says, Have I got over most of my sensitiveness to my... My feelings that are too easily hurt and my just plain laziness and self-satisfaction? Am I willing to go out for AA at no matter what cost of my precious self? Is my own comfort more important to me than going to the things that getting to the things that need to be done? Have I got to the point where what happens to me is not so important? Can I face up to things that are embarrassing or uncomfortable? Is there if they are the right things to do for the good of AA, have I given AA just a small piece of myself? Am I willing to give all of myself whenever necessary? Meditation for the day. Not until you have failed can you learn true humility. Humility arises from a deep sense of gratitude to God for giving you the strength to rise above past failures. Humility is not inconsistent with self-respect. The true person has self-respect and the respect of others and yet is humble. The humble person is tolerant of others' failings and does not have a critical attitude towards the fo foibles of others. Humble people are hard on themselves and easy on others. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may be truly humble and yet have self-respect. I pray that I may see the good in myself as well as the bad. Amen. And that is from the little 24-hour little book. Well, folks, we're here and we've been humbled. There is, this is called the easier, softer way. Have a great day. Give them heaven. I pray that your weekend went well, that good things happen, remarkable things. 
it's amazing if we put out those fillers out there, uh, expectancy of good things, when we quote good scriptures, we make a landing strip. We had the opportunity of uh, a family came over. We we gave some things away free. They came all the way from uh, South Central. Looked like uh, people from Guatemala or El Salvador or something. And doing very well, I might add. Shiny shoes and beautiful Tacoma truck. And, and they came to, to take away our donations to the thrift store. Interesting. Huh? And then they prayed for us and they blessed us. And he was talking about how his expectancies, you know, expectancies got him a pickup truck, expectancies got him on the radio broadcasting, thanking God, putting faith in a dollar when he put it in the basket, spending that faith. Well, good morning to all you all. The people prayed for us and we got blessed and the expectancy is, is that the resolution is saying, I am whole. I am good to go. Thanking God, you know. So let's go ahead and thank Him. Acknowledge God this morning. Let us get up and at Him and get going for this week. We're going to have a great cognitive, good understanding week. And put our fillers out there that God will hear our praises, our thankfulness, and we're going to acknowledge God who re- created all things for us. <clears throat> Let us pray the, our Father, our Lord Jesus, who taught us this. He said for us to say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Today's uh, study comes from us from... uh, Gloria Copeland from their book called Faith to Faith, a daily devotional. I'll be reading yesterday's meditation. I'll be reading two of them. Today is called Living the Love Life. And it's based on John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Greater love that has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. John 15, 13. We often think of laying down your life for someone else in terms of dying. That's what Jesus did. He loved us so much, he laid down his life by dying on our place so that we could live. But now he asks us to lay down our lives in a different way. He asks us to show our love, not by dying for others, but by living for them. Exactly what does this mean? Sometimes it means giving our lives by spending time in prayer for someone. 
Other times it means giving ourselves with love and understanding. Many times it means laying down our own selfish desires in orders to meet the needs of another. Romans 15.1 puts it this way. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. When you lay down your life, you live to please God instead of yourself. You let your life be guided by His love. If love leads you to the person next door, you follow. When love calls you to intercede for someone in need, you yield. Commit yourself today to lay down your own life and take up the love life. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I see from your word you were willing to give up yourself in the person of your Son for all men. I understand that because Jesus is Lord of my life. I too am called to give myself to others. I choose to accept that calling today. I'll give of my time. I'll give of your love in me. I'll be strong and lift those who are weak. I'm willing to be available to be used of you so that those around you might experience an abundant life you have provided. You have loved me, Lord, with the greatest love there is. I count it a privilege now to share that love with others. I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. I hope you uh, praying for others. Sometimes it's just five minutes. It's just pray for their needs, you know. Praying for the people that need. They actually, God has brought them for us to pray for them, and they identify themselves by uh, by being a pain in the neck. That's how they identify themselves. <laughs> so we got work to do, folks. It's amazing how when we do it right, and the love of God overflows in our hearts. How easy the transition is when we spend time praying for them. So let's go ahead and pray a prayer for our enemies, for the people that um, that constantly try our patience. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for those ones that are foolish, Lord. You said trying to strain out a foolish person, it's crazy, and we become crazy. And Lord, and then it leads for suicide thoughts. As easy as suicide thoughts come is when we try to change somebody else's life by constant counsel. Lord, for right now, we just bring them to you, Lord God. We just put them in your altar and your... Lord, that you may bless them, Lord. Bless them financially. Bless them socially. Lord, just like your prayer that says, Oh, that you would bless them indeed and enlarge their territory. Let your hand be upon them, Lord, and that you will keep them from evil, that it may not harm them. And God, please, do what we requested for our enemies, Lord. Hold them and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, then we let it go. We become good turnovers. This is the turnover club. Our next reading for today is uh, From Tradition to Truth by Gloria Copeland. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, 
who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalms 103, verses 2 to 5. Okay, let's say that again. This is uh, one of my favorite scriptures. Just so happens to be in the meditation today. Let's say it again. Repeat it after me. Say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Then say this again. Say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Woo-hoo. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Is there actually a divine purpose behind the bad things that happens in your life? Could it be that sickness and calamities you experience are somehow a part of God's plans for you? Before you can begin to experience the healing, delivering power of God, you've got to know the answer to those questions. What are the questions again? Is there actually a divine purpose in your life? You have to settle them once and for all. If you even suspect that God is the source of your misfortunes, you won't be able to believe Him for deliverance from them. Your fate will be crippled because you'll think that by escaping those things, you'll be opposing His will. In order to receive all the benefits God desires of you, to give you, you must be absolutely sure that He is the good God. You must be certain that His will for you is health, not sickness. His will is prosperity, not poverty. His will is happiness and laughter, not sorrow and loneliness. 100% of the time, Psalms 103 103 alone is enough to to prove that's true. But if it's not enough to convince you, there are many others too, scriptures. One of the best-known verses is Psalm 136.1 that says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. If religious traditions have robbed you of the goodness of God, if they taught you He brings trouble into your life so He can teach you something, start today washing those traditions away with the truth. Get out of your Bible and let God Himself tell you through His own word that He is the God who heals you. Exodus 15:26. Dig into the Scriptures and discover for yourself that He is a God of mercy. Psalm 86:5. Loving kindness. Jeremiah 9:24. And compassion. Psalm 145:8. Put your doubts to rest and open your heart to receive the truth about your heavenly Father. It's the only thing that can truly set you free. Amen. Have a great day, family. Give them heaven. Welcome. 
welcome to today's podcast. It's been a while that I have read Limitless Love. Let me go ahead and catch up. I'll be reading today's. Let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Like I said, welcome to today's podcast. I pray that we find you in good spirits, that God is blessing you, and remarkable things are happening in your life expectancies possibilities are happening you know put the order in say god uh, help somebody with a full tank of gas somewhere in the world help somebody with food and it, it comes back it comes back all right we're going to be reading october 17th uh, gloria copeland limitless love Listen up, folks. This is about having a vision of love. And the only way I got a vision of love is by reading one year, 1 John 1 through 5. I was able to get a conception of the love of God, and it grew in my heart, and I became somebody. You know, financial, physical, mental, socially, um, everything was put in place and of course it's not perfect we have challenges we got to have challenges not problems problems you're 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 in a it's immovable challenges are movable I mean God strengthens us to move forward on those challenges so here we go Proverbs 29 18 Gloria says develop your vision of love Proverbs 29:19 says where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Notice that keeping the law, the vision is in the law. So it tells you, I said to keep, to have a vision, a godly vision, that comes through keeping the law. That's what I just said. I read First John one through five for a year out loud, and then I saw my bills diminish and great things happen because. Folks, people think that uh, success or prosperity is uh, is the answer. Success and prosperity are the children of love. Treasures, peace, joy follow love. Everything follows love. It, Kenny Copeland says that uh, faith works off of love. Wow, what a deal, huh? Proverbs 2019. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Here we go. If you diligently study what the Bible has to say about love, it will give you a vision for your life. It will give you an inner image of who you are in the inside of you. So you can grow up into that person of love God designed you to be. 
Meditating on scriptural truth about love will do for you the same thing watching training videos of highly skilled athletes will do for the person who is a novice to a sport. Meditating on these truths gives you a picture of what success actually looks like so you can see for yourself in the light, in that light. Those of us who didn't grow up in homes governed by love desperately need such a vision. Because we didn't see love demonstrated when we were young, we have a tough time visualizing ourselves, walking in it, even though we were born again and want to follow the promptings of our new nature because of those old mental images, we often slip into the unloving habits we develop as kids. That's why we must work diligently to replace those images with the images of love from the Bible. That's why we must do whatever it takes to keep the word in the forefront of our thinking until the vision of love is fully developed. When we see in ourselves something contrary to it, we must be brutally honest about it. We must let the word correct us while refusing to allow the devil to condemn us. When we see we're not living up to our vision of love, we must say, Lord, Lord, I see I've been wrong there. I repent of that unloving way. Help me to change. Then we can rejoice assured that the Holy Spirit, who is our helper and lives within us, will enable us to make the necessary changes and do the will of God. If you find certain unloving habits more difficult than others to break, write down that part of your vision and put it on the mirror and the refrigerator and the dashboard of your car. Put forth some extra effort to keep the image of love in front of you. If you spend a lifetime being hard-headed and stubborn, you might want to write out the words, I do not insist on my own rights or my own way. I walk in love and post them on your nightstand so you can go to sleep with that vision in in your mind at night. That may sound extreme, but the fact is, changing a lifestyle takes some work. It takes writing things down, keeping them in your memory, or diligently imprinting them on your mind. If you'll do it, the vision of love will become such a part of you that eventually it will take over your life. And you'll begin to walk in it unconsciously. You'll happily and habitually keep the law of love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God bless you, family. I hope you enjoyed today's session. And the vision of love, the power of love of years ago is why I'm doing these readings today. Because love is in there. God is inside of us. I love you. God bless you.
The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, It won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way, and after the third or fourth pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, For God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplied by, Well, I'll stop with the sixth drink, or what's the use anyhow? So many want to stop but cannot. There is the solution, though. Most of us like the self-searching level of our pride, the confessions of our shortcomings, which progress requires for a social consumption. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had to come to believe in the hopelessness and fertility of life that we've been living in when, therefore, we were approached by those whom the problem had been solved. There was nothing left for us to do but pick up a simple kit of spiritual tools laying at our feet. We had found much of heaven had been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence which we hadn't even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less that we had had deep and effective spiritual experiences. We had revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. You are as seriously alcoholic as we were. We believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible, and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. And then we go to page 62. We think is our root of all our troubles, driven by hundred forms of self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity, and we step on our toes with our fellows that are retaliating. Sometimes they hurt us. See, without provocation, we are invariably find that sometime in the past we have uh, made decisions based on self, which later places in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we have reduced our self-centeredness. Much by wishing or trying our own power. We had to have God's help. Uh, where are we? This isn't the how and the why of it. Uh, this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter, in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch 
through which we pass to freedom. Well, we sincerely feel the position all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer beat all powerful, you provided what we needed to keep close to them and perform his work well. Establish such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves and our little plans decided more and more. We became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt a new power flow and we enjoyed peace of mind and we discovered we could face life successfully and we became conscious of his presence. We began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, thereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulty that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. So we're going to take uh, 76. <clears throat> when ready, you say something like this. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. And then we go to page 86. When getting we let think about the 24 hours ahead, we consider our plans for the day before we even begin. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking Him to force us from self-pity, dishonest, and self-thinking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with insurance for, after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life has been placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of observed actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that, be, that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given, given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pay for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. It's took us down morning. We ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. It belongs to a religious domination which requires definite morning devotion. We attend that also. If not members of the religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. Uh, there are many helpful books out there. Uh, there are many helpful books also. Suggestions of these may be obtained by one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they have to offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. 
we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. We are then in less much danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decision. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. Acceptance is the answer to my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Shakespeare said, all the world is stage, and all the men, men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out. Because I knew you wanted perfection just as I did. AA and acceptance have taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, that we are all children of God, and we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I'm complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. For years, I was sure the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me is that I would turn out to be all alcoholic. Today, I find it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It proves that I don't know what's good for me, and if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or anyone. So if it's better, it's better off, I don't know, don't get advice, don't figure, I know what's best, <clears throat> that's best, and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life, as it actually is before AI judge myself by my intentions while the world was judging me by my actions. Acceptance has been the answer to my marital problems. It is though AA has given me a new pair of glasses. Max and I have been married now for 35 years. Prior to our marriage, when she was a shy, scrawny adolescent, I was able to see things in her that others couldn't necessarily see. 
Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift for being easy to talk to, a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. It was as if I had, rather than a Midas touch, which turned everything to gold, a magnifying mind that magnified whatever it focused on. Over the years, as I thought about Max, her good qualities grew and grew. And we married, and all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. Then as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was a nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day at AA, I was told that I had my lens on my glasses backwards. Courage to change the story for a minute, not that I should change my marriage, but, yeah, I, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA had given me a new pair of glasses. <coughs> I began focused on my wife's good qualities and watching them grow, grow, and grow. I could do the same thing with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, late stars, long, drunk along, cigarettes, more. The worse the meaning becomes, but when I try to see what I can add to the meaning rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it rather than what's wrong with it, the meaning keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day, and when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please. said in effect, if you have resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their help, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free, even when you don't really want it for them, and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then and it has worked for me any time, many times since. And it will work for me every time I'm willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it should always come. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, the only real freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought 
information of the troops that I know I get everything I need from all the drama's everything I need I get and I get and when I get what I need I verify find it was just what I wanted all the time both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress if you persist remarkable things will happen when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, you will presently live in a new and a presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstance. Much has been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed his directions, we have begun to sense a flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. We must go further, and that means more action. Thank you very much. Appreciate appreciate you, Frank and Rick. Have a great day. I hope to see you tomorrow. Okay. All right. Let's let's refire it. Okay. Bye, Frank. All right. All right.
Thank you so much for uh, coming in here. Fernando, alcoholic. Let's go ahead and do um, <clears throat> do the prayer <clears throat> that, that with God, all things are possible. With us, all we can do is ask and can keep believing that God will help us do the impossibility. Uh, we act like it, and He can make it to pass. <clears throat> we carry our books with us. We read them. And I just saw God in a new light. He comes in and helps us. He comes in. You know, when we're going through something, that passage where it says that uh, we most likely let's be in a situation where we express anger, resentment, hatred, and envy, and jealousy, and, and rage, and, and might make the wrong mistake, we constantly saying to ourselves, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. The revelation that I got of it is that there's a power that I can hook up my wires to and get that easily tap in, tap into that power, that power of God. It easy does it. That thing that Jesus purchased for us, which is peace, which is joy, which is laughter, which is it's not that big of a deal, you know. We only live here for a very short time. Um, really, are we going to change somebody's life? Are we really going to change somebody's life? Let us enjoy the way this life was designed by thanking God for our situations and letting things go, you know. It's not that we're backing down on someone. It's that you cannot teach a foolish person. It says, the Bible says that it's crazy trying to change a foolish person's mind and life. And you may be that foolish person. I may be that foolish person. Unable to, to stop ranging. And, and um, the Bible says that even if you hit a person a thousand times, his foolishness will not leave him. I'm one of those foolish people that came in here. I, was, uh, I went from uh, not learning to learning to assimilating to pondering. And then I started thanking God for my foolishness, you know. You know, bad decisions, quitting jobs, relationships, and so forth. Now keeping up with my responsibilities. And as soon as I started thanking God, I, in essence, I was saying, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. When I say, I thank God I'm a misfit, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And I, it was enough. I, You know, I got rewarded for acknowledging God. I got no matter what the problem is. I got rewarded for acknowledging God. God says he he gets mad at for the at the Israelites at the people for not asking asking for his counsel, talking among ourselves for counsel. And he's there. He made us. He said, "I thank you, God, for your counsel." And then we get his counsel. We get his wisdom. We get his leading, his understanding. It comes through people, places, things, inspiration, thoughts. There's no excuse, folks. The power of God is there. You know, it's not like rocket sciences. He, he's fixed billions of people up, feeds them, gives us air. Can you imagine if we, the breath of life, how precious it is? You know, uh, Colin Powell passed away today, my wife was telling me. Uh, 84, very young. And he, here's a man that, that knew right from wrong easily and and he, he's a man that you can go to and ran in the military. 
Um, so my hat is off to Colin Powell, a Christian, a man of God. You know, we read the same Bible and we, we have the same power of God. So let's thank God for our difficulties. Let's just thank you, God. It is a done deal. We have power to do life in his mannerism. So let's say a prayer for the uh, Powell family and anybody who has lost an individual today. I think there's under, under 200,000 people that die on a daily basis in the world and about 300 and something thousand that are born. That's why the increase of the population. So let's say a prayer for those ones that had loved ones passed away. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your creation. Thank you, Father, for the the loved ones that have had loved ones that passed away, Lord, that people have lost others. We thank you for their love. We thank you for the joy and the laughter they brought into our lives. Thank you, Father, for making us feel your presence, Lord. You are our Father, and you hold us, and you care for us, Lord. We pray for all the family members that are behind, Lord, that you may fix them, fix their hearts, their minds, and their souls, that it will never be a problem again. Thank you for their lives, and thank you for giving them glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Take care.